You folks that have listened to me, some of you for over 20 years now, know where I stand on a lot of things. And I've changed my mind on some things as uh, the world evolves and things change. You should always be available uh, to learn something new and do it better. At least we think we're doing it better at the time. One of the subjects that comes up once in a while, more often than it used to, is actually the ethical drawbacks of sustainable meat choices. Now, why am I saying that so specifically? Because I'm not 100% against red meat. I'm not 100% against beef. Or I am 100% against the way that we operate to get the meat back to the folks that are wanting to eat it. CAFOs are not, not good places for the animals that go to them. CAFOs do not make us the best beef, believe it or not. CAFOs, in many cases, if they're not USDA certified organic, give our cows, our cattle, our meat, things that probably if you ate it once in your life or twice, it's not dangerous, but if every time you buy a burger and every time you buy a steak and every time you buy a piece of pork, and in most cases, chickens, you get a little dose of, um, well, Roxasone, if you want to look it up, which is a, uh, a cheap runaround name for one of the arsenics that's a heavy metal you shouldn't really have. They do get trace uh, amounts of other chemistries that quote-unquote are, are legal in certain cases. But if you look up for the United States Department of Agriculture, USDA green and white sticker, it's not perfect anymore. They've got some GRS, okay, and those are generally... Uh, accepted as safe products, okay, uh, so they don't have to tell you what they are. Well, now, unfortunately, the USDA has allowed a, a few of those to slip into the USDA certification, which was a big boo-boo. Of course, all done by politics. It has nothing to do with science. So anyway, bear that in mind, and I'm going to give you a little couple minutes of an article here about uh, some alternative ideas. And yes, like I said, I'm not anti-meat, I'm not anti-hunt, I'm anti-stupidity. And it seems to be rampant, especially in the food business today, because every penny counts. Climate-friendly labels to include sustainable food choices. Many of the nudges they're trying to encourage is replacing foods from ruminants such as beef and dairy products with foods from non-ruminant animals, for instance, chickens, eggs, fish, and other sources of protein. Such changes probably would reduce environmental impacts. However, food from non-ruminant animals, albeit more sustainable for sure, has serious ethical drawbacks when we consider just one thing, for instance, and that's the animal welfare. In my estimation, though, to optimize holistic ethical decision-making nudges, if that's what you want to call them, they should instead encourage replacing meats and animal products with plant-based foods, which can be sustainable, humane, and healthy. It's going to happen. I'm not crazy about it, but there's no doubt we're going to have an increase in plant-based proteins just for the sake of the fact that we're going to be 8 billion of us and, and feeding us all is, is going to be uh, certainly a part of the worldwide problem not too far down the road. Unfortunately, almost all land-raised animals that are raised for consumption here in the United States and I mean they're saying 99% of them, live in intensive farming situations with very poor 
animal welfare. Because chickens and fish are smaller than, you know, cows for instance, they require vastly more animals to produce the same food yield. Compared with beef, consuming a given amount of calories from chicken or eggs, for instance, requires about 18, listen to this, to over 40 times as many days of animals living in intensive farming as a, a ruminant, for instance. Consuming fish requires even greater increases in animal days, believe it or not, which people don't realize. I guess this is part of my show, what I'm trying to convince you is even though, and I'm, I do it, I try to switch more to, I want to use what, what I thought was more sustainable, eggs and chickens and fish. But in the real world, even though that does help somewhat negate the methanes and the gases that we complain about the ruminants for, because of the number of animal days that it takes to feed us by animal days, we're talking about days per animal that you end up consuming. So it may sound misleading to you realize, when you add all those up, you're actually taking more energy and time away from the world in some ways for that particular meal than if you actually use beef cattle. Now, the right answer is, and I'm not sure I'm up to it yet either, is indeed an increase in plant-based eating. I'm trying to learn to do it. I do, I guess plant-based is not bad. What I've not learned to accept yet, for real, is the, I call them fake foods, and they may be real. I've not had a, what I call a really good veggie burger yet. If I find one and it's got the right stuff in it, that's the other one. The first ones that came out had chemistries in them that I couldn't even pronounce. And I'm still back to the old adage, if it wasn't in your grandma's cabinet or you can't actually pronounce the word, you probably ought not to be putting it in your body. In many cases, you're probably not be putting it on your body. So at this point, at least until I get a better answer, I don't, I'm not sure what that's going to be. I'm going to still encourage that you shift to chickens and eggs and fish or actually, I hope, in the near future, there will be plant-based foods that are truly safe, truly, in most cases even, organic, I hope, and without inputs into our bodies that our bodies just don't know how to handle. So I still eat some red meats. Of course, I get a lot of wild game. That's another story in itself. Not everybody can do that. And then I am trying to learn every time I go shopping to buy at least one plant-based item that I haven't tried before and see if that doesn't make uh, a decent meal for me. And when it does, I'll certainly give you the name brands. I have nothing to cover here. For those of you that listen, no, I don't do advertising intentionally. I don't owe anybody anything. If I think it's good, I say it. If I think it's bad, I say it. And uh, who cares what an ordinary advertiser might have to say about it. So that's my little spiel on I, I, the world's got to change. We're going to have to do it, folks. Uh, I, I always keep throwing this in and I have people being critical of me. I keep complaining that there's too many of us. I'm not trying to encourage folks infanticide or something. I'm trying to encourage education. It's well known, folks, all over the world that the more education a society gets, the less total population they produce. I can't give you a whole connection. I have my ideas, <laughs> but that is one rule that we pretty much have learned to live by. And I encourage us all to give it a try. Let me know if you find something that you think is an exception. 
natureapproved at yahoo.com or bruce.dooley.com, organicmatters.info. Get it to me. I'll talk about it. I'll look it up. And if it's something that looks good, we'll all talk about it here on the air. You're probably going to be glad to hear this. Let's go to something a little bit lighter for the next uh, few factoids. It'll just be kind of good information that you don't have to uh, think too much about. For instance, here's a little information from Oxford University. Researchers there have developed a new adaptable smart window. This window has the potential of reducing the energy uses of the average home by as much as one third. Folks, that's a lot. The new technology uses a spectrally turnable low emission coating that can control the amount of heat that comes into a room through the windows without this, this, without affecting the quality or the amount of light that enters. I find that interesting. The thermal energy from the sun's infrared rays is absorbed by the glass and then is re-emitted as heat. Uh, we know that. That heat can either be used to warm the room using the transparent electrical heater embedded in the glass or can be reflected away to cool the room by sending the heat back out of the room. The window can change according to the seasonal needs at will. The researchers built a prototype using a material uh, for a simple name we're just going to call it an active phase change material. It's got a fancy name, it's called a calcogenicide, but we don't know those words. When it is cold, the infrared rays from the sunlight are harvested and used to heat the building. When it is warm, the new glass can switch states to reflect the heat and reduce the need for air conditioning. The active phase change material is adjustable so that the amount of heat absorbed or reflected can be tuned for precise temperature control. There is essentially no effect on visible light passing through the window. I find that fascinating. Current low emissivity glass for windows can reduce heat transfer, but its properties cannot be altered according to the seasonal needs. So it can either be good for winter if you bail it right or be good better for summer, but this one will serve both purposes. The researchers estimate that using windows fitted with the new prototype glass still, including the energy required to control the film, would save 20 to maybe over 35% in energy usage annually compared to double glazed windows found in most modern homes now. A spin-out company from Oxford University called Bodel, I don't know where that name came from, Bodel Technologies, is collaborating with two existing industrial partners to develop the technology to be shipped to other parts right now. It's basically being tested in, in Britain but they're already sending over workable samples to deal with some other industry partners that they're beginning to want to work with here in the United States. So this technology is available. It does work. It is patented. It's just a matter of can we crank it up and make it available so that it really becomes an asset, especially to all, at least the new home builders or people that are going to actually change out windows in their homes. 
Matters. And again, thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. This is sort of the direction I've gone as my podcasts have grown and I'm on more and more podcast channels. I'm trying to kind of broaden my horizons. Uh, I still love gardening. I'm answering any of your questions about organic. I try to do all organic and all natural gardening, but also living. And that includes how can we keep our homes cooler, less expensive? How can we uh, lessen our impact on an individual basis on a world we all have to share for eternity? You have to realize that. So when you do the little thing, it may not seem much. When you put the LED light bulb in, like I always say, or you're more conservative with your water, uh, the way you water your plants, whatever, then it helps all of us that little teeny tiny tiny bit but if you do it times billions not millions now billions of people can make a great difference in this little planet we call earth that we all live on